What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, December 15th, 10 days away from Christmas, in the middle of Hanukkah, I think. And we are back talking a full recap on NFL Week 14, little college football uh, recap on what happened over the weekend. Florida LSU, Army Navy, uh, the U, been too hot. Um, and then we're going to do a deep dive into NBA futures with the season starting a week away. Can't wait for that. So, yeah, Shep, how do you feel? It's like Christmas dinner. It's a full slate of sports and everything going on. I am uh, ready to go. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it. Just got home from Illinois. Locked the front door open. of football we just had um i think you know we'll start with nfl obviously the first thought in everyone's mind right now should be that browns ravens game absolute shootout um awesome awesome game to watch which i don't have to say a whole lot watching the browns um but an awesome game to watch um i think there was a level of comfort that i felt <clears throat> though watching the browns lose that game um, it's one of those things that you just – that's the one constant in everyone's life is the Browns losing football games. So getting able to see them lose was big for me. Um, but besides that, uh, a fun game to watch. Uh, Lamar, maybe pulling a Paul Pierce, maybe not. He claims he wasn't pooping. I guess we'll never know. But um, it's just a really exciting game in, <clears throat> in a season full of Monday night games that have not been good at all, like we talked about earlier in our, our podcast. This was uh, probably the game of the year, uh, in my opinion. And uh, Justin Tucker doing what Justin Tucker does best and kicking bomb-ass field goals. Yeah, I, I, uh, I found solace in the cuts to the Browns fans in their uh, jack-o'-lantern head masks, their dog masks with the guy trying to drink through the mask. Um, I found solace in, in the sad Browns fans on a cold Cleveland night. Um, but definitely – in my opinion, game of the year. Uh, I thought we saw one of the best games we've seen out of Baker. I, I know we had that one pick, but um, he went toe for toe with the league MVP. And I thought, you know, it was kind of the antithesis of AFC North football, like, you know, 42 to four or 47 to 42. Prayers to anybody who had the uh, Browns plus three. But, um, you know, we're bad you know, this game. It was it it was a great way to spend a Monday night, and especially because next week we have Steelers Bungles. Um, so that you know that game kind of made up for how shitty most Monday night football games are, in my opinion. Yeah, and that was a uh, um, I mean definitely an overhitting bet. That's something that like we I've rarely seen Baker Mayfield play that well um, in the NFL so far. I mean he has there's always he's one of those those flashes in the pan kind of guys with a few games where he shows that. Look, this is why the kid won a Heisman. I um, mean, the rest of the year, you, you see him just making dumb decisions, uh, trying to do too much with the football and scramble. When he, you know, he was a scrambler in, high, in college, but he's not Lamar. Um, he can't get away from guys like Lamar can. So I think seeing him play like that was was awesome to watch. And something I was thinking about as well was when 
when McSorley went out there and did God knows what to his leg on that when he got hurt. Oh, they thought Lamar came out right then because I'm looking at their the Ravens depth chart right now. There is not another quarterback on their roster besides uh, another healthy quarterback besides Lamar Jackson. RJ3 is done. McSorley is also now on the IR. If Lamar didn't happen to run back, if he, if he didn't finish wiping his ass right then and come out, who the fuck would they have thrown in a quarterback? I mean, yeah. I, I know. I was, I mean, I know the announcers were addressing it at the time, but like, especially it being a fourth down, like you needed to go for it there. Oh, like, that was the ball game right there. It, it was literally like a make or break situation. And Lamar came in and made it. Um, I, I it, it is so fun to watch Lamar. I, I absolutely love watching so, him. I don't know if you saw the stats from the game. Um, Baker was something like 30 for 48 or something like that. Lamar was like, 10 for 16 like they don't it, they, they said oh yeah like baker went toe-to-toe with lamar like okay he technically played against lamar jackson but they're the way those two teams played in their style of play yesterday was just worlds apart and the exact opposite of each other um to watch and that's something that's that was fun to see that you know you can you can play ball either way and still pull up, put up a ton of points so great game um, yeah, and and it just kind of recapped uh, uh, I, what I thought was one of the best weeks of uh, NFL so far this year with um, Steelers and the Bills, Saints, Eagles, uh, Cardinals. Finally, finally, Chef Cardinals got a win, getting us a little closer, one game away to our win total. But I uh, how the Cards only three point favorites there, but I took that opportunity to to double dip if you will, to uh, increase my exposure, as you would say, if you were an investor, um, doubling down on my future by also uh, betting on the Cardinals money line, which uh, panned out for me, made me some money this weekend, finally, after a long uh, drought of red in my Venmo account. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I just kind of want to look at a couple marquee games that we saw. The first one um, is the Vikings... uh, Bucks, Vikings, Bucks, um, and poor sad sap Dan Bailey missing three field goals and an extra point, basically outing the Vikings from having any playoff hopes. But I think more of the story in that game was I I kind of expected the Bucks to come out and dominate. They're off a of bye. There's all these stats about Tom Brady off a of bye, and you know, the, the Bucks were on a losing street and yeah, they did kind of take care of business, but the, the Vikings kind of dominated that game. Dalvin cook had over a hundred yards. Dalvin cook can run a goddamn football. It's the first time that that Bucks defense, which is one of the best in the league, best against the run. It's the first time they've given up over a hundred yards in a year, at least. Um, and I think it's dating back to like week seven of last year. Um, and I, I kind of expected the Bucks to go out and kind of dominate, and, and they didn't. So I'm still kind of – I don't know how I feel about the Bucs. I, I, I don't see them as a top-tier contender with, uh, you know, the Rams and the Packers and yeah. even the Saints the still. Chiefs, but. The Chiefs um, – oh, wait, no, they're NFC. Never mind. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm fading the Bucs. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying them as Super Bowl champs. I don't, I don't think, from what I've seen, it's it's too streaky for me, and it's game to game whether they want to put up some points or not. Um, yeah, and they don't, they don't, they don't come off to me as a, you know, a top contender, come come crunch time. But again, Super Bowl is in Tampa, and they do have Tom Brady, so you never know. 
you never exactly exactly and then i think the other huge game that um i i did not expect the saints to lose but um that that game is huge going forward for the saints uh well they were they were the number one seed there and and with there only being one buy this year i mean that's a huge huge buy to get and um the, the one seed has never been as important as it is this year. And with the Saints losing, drop some back. And I don't see – I mean, Green Bay's been playing lights out, and so have the Rams. Um, and I think it's going to be really tough if you're a Saints fan to have Drew Brees go up and play three games, two probably on the road, um, maybe going have to, having to go through Lambeau in frigid temps. And I, I – I am concerned about, about Drew Brees. I mean, he's going to come back from, you know, all those broken ribs, but out in the cold against a team where they're going to have to sling the ball around in the Packers, I, I think this is a huge, huge loss for the Saints. Yeah, you mean, you can you can take the boy out of the bayou, but you can't take the bayou out of the boy, you know, that's what they always say. So, yeah, I think once you leave the, the, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, uh, you got some trouble brewing. And look, Drew Brees is, at this point in his career, he is what he is. He's not, he's not throwing bombs downfield. He's not making anything crazy happen with his legs. Um, he's just getting the job done and he has the experience to do it, but he's not that elite playmaker. I think that he needs to be in that maybe once was, um, and you know, this, I think it started, this might start to look at, you know, next year, do the, does, does Sean Payton finally go with his, 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 you know, favorite child and Taysom Hill and try and make that their future offense until someone figures it out and stops him and makes him stupid. But I mean, the Saints, that was obviously a big loss, and that one seed is so, so vital because it's the, this is the NFL. You know, any given week, any team can beat anyone. We've seen that. It's happened. Um, and so you don't want to take any chances uh, without of losing a bye because that's so important to have at least a guaranteed uh, win on your in your playoffs. So the NFC is interesting. There's, there's this, I think the Saints are, were the one seed, but I never saw them as, you know, the clear top dog you have in the Chiefs of the, of the AFC. So... Yeah, and I think like with the Saints now not having the position to be the number one seed and being the bye, it, it makes me even less favorable to them in their their playoff run chances. Yeah, no, I agree. I think yeah, it's I mean that's where where that's where I always say you know once once it comes down to there's NFL on Saturdays that's the that's the that's the uh, what do they say in, in red zone the witching hour where wins turn yeah. off where win, where team where uh, contenders turn into champions and champions turn into pretenders. I mean that's kind of what we saw. I think if we can kind of just segue this a little bit, I think what we that we saw in um in Pittsburgh. I think I was calling them frauds at eleven and 0 two weeks ago, um, and I think I was proven right. I think they're a team that you know have the had the easy schedule, and once they saw the adversity, they couldn't hang. Um, and got dismantled by a Bills team who uh coming off of a absolute domination of the Niners on the Monday night game last week, um, they show that they might be the team to beat outside of the chiefs in the East, which I think, you know, is a very strong case to see what they've done these last few weeks. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. You, you definitely feel for the Steelers because they lost Bud Dupree and they lost um, what's it? It's like Spilner, the guy who backed up Bud Dupree. And so they're just getting crushed by injuries, but they, the, the biggest thing for them is they got James Conner back and they still couldn't run the ball. He ran the ball okay. 10 times for 18 yards. Yeah. I, I mean, when it gets cold, when you get into December and January football, you have to be able to run the ball. And you you cannot rely on Big Ben at this point in his career 
to huck the ball around the yard 40 to 50 times a game. You're, you're not going to win. And especially when there's their players, their receivers are more focused on TikToking than catching the ball. Um, yeah, you know, once hey, again, they're, once they're, again, they're, they're dropping balls all over oh, with Deontay uh, Johnson, now. Deontay Johnson. He's dropping the ball all over the place. I mean, Juju played well, but like they, they're they're in they're in big trouble and i know we've talked about this and um i i think they're, they're gonna have you know i mean with the with the uh browns losing they they still have command of their division but if the browns had won they would have been in a dog fight for at, uh afc north yeah and yeah no i agree i i i think you you saw kind of a team in the bills trending upwards at the right time and the steelers trending in the wrong direction, kind of like what we saw with the Patriots last year when they went 8-0 yeah. and ended up losing in the first round. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's weird seeing a, a Steelers team who is um, not able to run the football and play. You know, you think of the Steelers, you think of ground and pound, good defense, and that's not something we're seeing right now. We're seeing a team actually throw the ball a lot um, and can't stop teams they need to. Um, and I don't know if – I'm sure you saw, um, we talked about a little earlier, uh, Josh Allen before that game just pulling the classic just country hick white boy line after the Steelers had all danced on the logo pregame and done other, I'm sure Josh Allen doesn't even know what TikTok is. I, I guarantee if you asked him, he would have no idea what it is. He wouldn't be able to tell you one TikTok dance. And he goes and he goes, oh, those, these fuckers can dance all they want. We fucking work. And I think that's that's awesome to have your quarterback say. And I, and I think he's just classic, just hick ass, like, like fuck you. I'm going to I'm gonna outwork you and beat you down into the fucking ground. And he did. Yeah. And just for all the Bills fans' sake, I wish that – they could have been there throwing dildos on the field, getting up, getting rowdy, jumping through tables, ketchup, mustard all over the guy who loves to have that happen to him out in the parking lot. But um, you, you got to kind of hope that the Bills fans are the first in line for the COVID vaccine just so they can get in and, and, and watch their watch their boys and Josh Allen just nurses and then your teams up. It's doctors, nurses, then Bills Mafia. And that's the next. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're group two. Bill's Bill's mafia would tailgate their vaccine line. Yeah. And then, and then you kind of have with, I know how you were betting uh, with the cards against the uh, giants, but the the, the NFC beast is now in firm control by the Washington football team, football club. After they're, they're just, after the game they played this weekend, I mean, they looked either they look decent or the Niners look like trash. I think it might be the latter a little more. Chase Young wreaked absolute havoc. He's such um, a fucking beast. Nick Mullins just looks scared, man. He looks scared pretty much all the time. Didn't help that Debo went out in the first play. It also didn't help my fantasy matchup that week, which I lost. RIP team, oh. Wes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Niners are, are sorry now. Especially, I mean, that's sort of things that everyone goes, oh, Jimmy G sucks and all this. But without him, they can't do shit anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, what do you do there? But, yeah, um, Washington looked decent. Um Dwayne Haskins came in and won a ball game somehow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because uh, what's his name? Alex Smith, it, you know, he hurt that same leg that he almost had amputated last or yeah. two years ago. Maybe uh, Alex, Smith, Alex Smith's comeback player of the year, train trending down, Big Ben maybe coming back up. Who knows? If Alex no. play all season. Yeah, but I, I still think Alex Smith has that. He just literally had to throw one football. Yeah this year and he would have won it's like a narrative, uh, narrative voter for that but yeah now this week coming up we're gonna have another pod coming out um looking at 
games this weekend. We got Saturday games, which will be huge. Um, I, love when, I love when we get into weeks 15, 16, 17 and have Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday NFL football. It's the best. It's always, it's always a, one of those bittersweets having football on Saturday because you love having the NFL, you know, all weekend. But you're like, ah, oh, shit, it's winding down. That's what I – whenever I think of NFL on Saturday, I think of, ah, oh, damn it, it's winding down. So – um, we're in that stage, but it's also it's winding down. But this is when the games get better and better, and it's more and more fun to watch. It's not like a week three or week five random shit matchup. Every matchup matters, um, and you get more primetime games. So, super excited for this. Uh, real quick, let's touch on uh, like two or three college games. I know there was a big Army Navy game. Tommy had a I don't know what the stat was exactly, um, but Tommy, yeah. Know? So Army Navy uh, went under again, again. Again, 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 again. I think that's 15 agains. 15 years in a row, this Army-Navy game has gone under. And I saw uh, just a little factoid on Twitter. If you had placed a $100 bet 15 years ago on the under for the Army-Navy game, then you took your winnings for and bet that on the next year and did so consecutively for the next 15 years, you'd be up a mil and a half. Um and I was watching that game. I, I think that game is meant to go under, meant to be played in shit conditions, it has to. Meant to go under. And, you know, I, I, I think it was like 15-0 was the final score. Yeah. Perfect for the amount of years that it's gone under. Here's a, here's a, here's a wild idea. At, at Joe Biden, at the U.S. government, instead of spending, you know, the trillions of money you spend uh, from tax dollars on our military, how about you take a million dollars every year bet it on the under or whatever, turn that into that money and then spend that in the military and save my tax dollars, not in the military. That seems like you'd be, a, you'd be up a bill, right? Or, or, or do you think on the flip side of that, do you think that there's some, there's some generals who maybe listen to our podcast now or into sports betting and tell, tell their boys every year, Hey, hit that under fellas. And that's their, that's their pension. Yeah. I, I think the top generals are definitely listening to our podcast. <laughs> I think if so. I'm a betting, if I'm a betting man, which I am, if I were to bet, are listening. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Army Navy under insane. Uh, 15 years straight. I don't know what the if that's a streak for anything else, but to go under 15 games in a row is insane. Uh, I mean, that's and guess what? I'm betting it next year. I'm betting exactly. it. Next year. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, exactly. And then yeah, uh, I'm just gonna brush over this. The Hurricanes look like shit. Um, <laughs> That's the worst defense I've ever seen in my entire career. And I played, I played JV football at the high school that is called Miramani and the fateful two, seven and one JV team. Um, and I was still, I've never seen, have never seen worse defense than the Hurricanes played this past Saturday. Um, I apologize deeply. I feel like I have to, since scum Blake Baker, our defense coordinator won't say anything. I apologize if you watch that game. Um, yeah, it's a tough day. Yeah, well, I, I, I went uh, 2-0 in college picks, under in the Navy, over in the Hurricanes game. Um, and then I, I, I caught the tail end of the Miami – or not Miami, the LSU-Florida game. And in the fog, the guy makes a tackle on Florida on the uh, – probably about the 45-yard line, picks That's up the guy's down. shoe. Yeah, it was fourth down, yeah. picks up the shoe, hucks it 20 yards down the field. The ref comes out, penalty on the defense – Number 20, blah, 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 throwing a shoe 20 yards down the field. Like, hey, bud, you can't, you can't fucking do that. Like, Gets him a first down. The kicker 
in the fog, 57 yards, drills it straight as can be, ice in his veins. Vikings could have used that kicker this weekend, I tell you that much. <laughs> and uh, now you got Florida knocked out of any college football playoff chances, mainly because I think they just overlooked them. I mean, they, they were looking to the uh, championship game against Bama that they're still going to be in, but they overlooked LSU and you kind of wipe away. I mean, a win like that for LSU, you kind of wipe away how shitty their season has been. And I think now they're bowl eligible. Problem is they self-imposed a Ah, bowl ban. Too bad. Overall college football was great this weekend and it's going to be even better um, coming up for championship Saturday, championship Friday, starting off with the Maction Friday night. Yes. Buffalo, you love Maction like I do, like Shep does. You hammer Buffalo Friday night, start your winnings off this weekend on a I good got a bad career in for like 618 this year. So, yeah, they're in the football. But now that football is kind of winding down, we wanted to get into a little NBA preview. Uh, NBA National is starting yes, next sir. week. Huge, so huge year. Uh, we've been reduced to 72 games, but I think all of the offseason moves, the draft, there's there's a lot of nuggets that we found that we want to tell you guys about as far as wins, conference win or conference odds, finals, little MVP and rookie of the year talk. So, Chev, you want to start off with uh, your over under wins? They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining, the brilliant shooting of Stephen Curry continues, and he ties the NBA record with his 12th three-pointer of the game. Yeah, um, I'll start here. Um, here we go. Uh, you'll notice uh, for those of you listening at home, I'm gonna have a good amount of homer picks. Just that's how it is. Uh, Dubs fan through and through, and it's makes it more fun for me. I feel like to gamble on the team I love uh, makes me watch more of their games and uh, you know, gives me a little, it feels, it feels like I'm, I'm a part of the team, you know, when I get to win, when they win. So having said that, I kind of like this dubs over three, seven. Um, I did the math on it. I don't have my calculator on me because you know, normally I am the calculator, but this time I use a real one. It's about a 500 win percentage. I think it's a five ten or something like that. I think the way 13, Five thirteen. Okay, so I think the words are a better team than that. Yes, there's no clay, but I think um, they can outperform that thirty-seven. Um, I like that. And then I looked at one other. I, I kind of like the Grizz, the Memphis Grizzlies over thirty-one. Um, I don't know. I just think thirty-one is a low number of wins for having as good of a player as John Morant on that team. I think he's the kind of guy who's kind of a transcending player for a team, um, especially coming out of your year, your sophomore year with that one year of experience in your belt, a former rookie of the year as well. Um, I think it's it's a, a good jumping off point for him to kind of go into the upper echelon of all stars of this league. So I think uh, he can maybe help them get over 31. It's a very low number of wins. Um, that's less, that's like 400, it's like, it was like 450 or 420 actually. Um, so I think they can get that. Nice. Yeah, no, no, I, like, I like that a lot too. I mean, you look at the Grizzlies pre-pandemic uh, before they For went sure. into the bubble. Um, they were the eighth seed um, yeah. on track for, you know, well above that uh, 420 win percentage. Um, yeah, for, I like, for reference, when they finished the season, they were like 410. 
So if you think a second year John Morant coming back. Yeah, and they, and they didn't play well in the bubble at all. Um, yeah, which is a I, crap. I, I think, you know, I, I love their coach. I, I John Morant's super fun to watch. Um, and they have some great pieces around Jaw that um, I think I, I think 31's too low. So I, I like that a lot. Um, and then I have I have let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have five over-unders that I was looking at, uh th- three of which I really like. The first one is the Hawks at 37 and a half, which is a 521 win percentage. Um, they ended last year at a measly 299 win percentage, but I really, really like what they did in the offseason. They added Danilo Gallinari, they added Rondo, and they added Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, nice presentation. And, and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, I, and, and they get Clint Capella back fully healthy. Um, the problem with the Hawks last year was they were just so atrocious on defense. And the three-point shooting was one of the worst in the league. Granted, they have Trey Young, but you bring with Bogdan, you get a huge step up in three-point shooting. And I think Rondo is going to be huge for Trey Young and 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 being able. Look, the East is perennially worse than the West, and I, I think the Hawks can make that jump and and be a, a playoff contender. Um, so I like that. But the one that I really like is the Mavs at over 42 and a half. Um, I honestly think the Mavs have a chance to play in the Western Conference Finals. Um, Luka gets another year with Kristaps. They get Kristaps fully healthy. Um, I, I, I loved what I saw out of them in the bubble. Um, and they got the best shooter in the draft. They got Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, who is a freaking sharpshooter. Plus, I mean, yeah, they lost um, Seth, Curry, but they got Josh Richardson back and their problem last year was they weren't that great wing on, on the wing as far as defending. Josh Richardson comes in, he can shoot the heck out of the ball and he's a great defender. So I I, I, I like them to build and I, I think a young team like that, we've seen it, you know, with the Nuggets, we saw it when the Warriors were young, a team like that who has a, a, a core in Kristaps and uh, Luka, like they're, 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 they're out there competing every night for regular season because that matters a lot more to them than it does to a team like the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, when the, that, that, that team kind of reminds me of, of that, I don't know, I think it was 2014, 2015, 2014, um, that Dubs team with Steph first time they made the playoffs, um, went like a, went like two rounds, but Steph really shined. It was kind of his coming out party. Um, it came back the next year and dominated the league. I think, what the Mavs were able to do in the playoffs last year and show that Luka is here in for real. He can ball when he needs to um, kind of prove themselves to the playoffs. They couldn't close. Um, I think that extra year of experience kind of helps them maybe uh, go to the next level, like you said. Um, I think that's, it's kind of reminiscent of that Dubs team. Yeah. And, and look, 42 and a half wins is a 590 winning percentage. They ended up last year at a 573 winning percentage. And if you just look at their last games, like you saw them go into the playoffs, go, take the Clippers deep into that series. Um, I, I, I think they cover this win total easily. Um, and then the other team in the West that I really like for a win total is the Suns at 39. Um, you finally see the Suns do some progressive moves, actually try and make their team better. Um, they bring in a Hall of Famer in CP3, a wing defender in Jay Crowder, and um, 
I, I think CP3 is going to do a ton for Devin Booker. Uh, and that's going up from a 466 win percentage last year to a 542 percentage. 542 win percentage this year. I, I think the Suns are going to, I honestly think they're going to win a playoff series. Um, you saw what CP3 did with a team that wasn't as talented last year in the right. Thunder. No, Casey, yeah. and I, 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 I think the Suns at 39 is, is well, kind well, of they went, they, were, they were undefeated in the bubble, right? I mean, they, they have the talent clear and that's, you know, some extra belief on top of that and showing Devin Booker can ball. So, I don't know if you saw it. You see, uh, there was a video I saw today. It was uh, at the Suns practice. It's CP3 getting a ball and catches a pass in the wing, puts it on the hip, and he's ISO on uh, who the guy was. It was one of their first draft picks. I forget what his name was. Um, and he just sends everyone away, does like a like a fake left, dribbles right, step back, drains in his face. It was fucking cool to watch, actually. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Suns the- – they're kind of the opposite of a winning culture. And when you bring a guy like CP3 in, who is just a dog who has kind of rejuvenated his career from, from OKC last year. um, I I think he brings kind of that dog mentality into, into Phoenix and Aiton had a phenomenal year last year. I think they build on that with Aiton Booker and Chris Paul, Chris Paul and Aiton running the pick and roll. Um, I think 39 is too low. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hammer that. Um, and then the final one that I have is the Celtics at 45 wins, which is a 625 winning percentage. I have them going under. Um, I was going to say it's pretty high. <laughs> that, that, that's really high, especially because I don't like what they did, A, in the draft, and B, in the offseason. Um, they lost Hayward to the Hornets, obviously, which that's that's not the biggest deal because Hayward was kind of a – kind of an uneasy fit there um, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum kind of playing the same position as him, but losing him and Cantor, who's, you know, their best offensive center um, and best offensive big man, it, that that's a problem in my opinion. And they didn't do much in the free agent market that I liked. They added Jeff Teague. I, I, I don't know why it doesn't really make any sense to me. They have plenty of guards, especially because they drafted Peyton Pritchard out of, Oregon, who, yeah, he was a nice player in college, but I, I don't understand why you'd spend a first-round pick on him. And then they brought in Tristan Thompson, and that, 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 that doesn't do anything for me. And I think with the East, it's going to be a little better this year with a team like the Hawks rising, with the Nets being good again. I, I think 45 is way too high for the Celtics. Yeah, Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach, and Jason Tatum is a rising star, and Jalen Brown's a solid wing player, but um, – I, th- I think 45 is too high for, the, for them. Yeah, I like that. I actually like that Celtics pick. Um, I was going to say, when you, met, when you first mentioned it, I was like, that's way, I, that sounds much too high to me. Then, yeah, the under's good there. Um, I'm going to get into um, a little um, finals and conference finals, our conference champion odds as well um, as win totals. Um, I was looking at the win, the, I was looking at finals odds. There wasn't a whole lot that really was like, this is a take. I, I think, I think I saw more lines I liked in the conference champions uh, era or area. I kind of liked looking at, I mean, it's a value pick. The dubs were plus 1200. Uh, I don't know if I'll take that. I might toss like 10 bucks on it, something like that. But um, that's the thing where it's like, look, if, if Steph Curry can find a way to figure it out without clay, um, there's a team that could be dangerous in the West. I mean, obviously to contend with the, 
the Lakers and the Clippers and whoever else comes out of there. But I don't see the Warriors, if the Warriors were to beat the Clippers or Lakers to get to, the, to win the West Conference, I don't see them then going and beating a Bucks or a Nets out of the East. Um, but something that was really interesting to me was the fact that, you know, I mean, obviously what happened last year, the Lakers were in the finals, but you have the Lakers at plus 50 to win the West. And then the Clippers are double that at plus 300. And that was something to me that I don't think that Lakers are twice as good as the Clippers are twice as you know likely to win the, the West. I think it's pretty even. And I think that's something where you can find a little value in taking the Clippers um, at a plus 300. Um, so that's an interesting thing to look at. Um, my the last thing I'm going to say real quick about also about this is something that I like, something I did with um, my uh, NFL conference, not conference division winners. I kind of like taking the Bucks and the Nets um, both to win the East. Bucks at 270, Nets at 250. Um, that's something you could put down a 10 bucks and, you know, be guaranteeing yourself. Or, well, you put on one unit and guarantee yourself at least, you know, a unit and a half to two minutes, depending on who wins. Um, I think those are kind of the two biggest options out of there, and there's pretty favorable odds at plus 200 and above. So I like looking at those as well um, for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, I, I, I find the Eastern Conference really difficult to find value out of. Um, you saw the Heat come out of nowhere last year, and granted the Heat lost uh, Jay Crowder, but um, and, and they get another year with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Um, but I don't really like any of the odds. I'm, I'm still a little cautious about the Nets with the whole. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't trust Kyrie. Um, I, I think he's kind of a cancer uh, to locker rooms. And it's going to be interesting to see what, how Kevin Durant, you know, shows up and, and what he looks like after that Achilles, because that is for a lot of players, a career ending in, injury. Um, so I kind of stayed away from conference odds um, in the East, but in the West, I'm, I'm high on the Mavs. Um, I have them at plus 800 to win the West, which I think, you know, is pretty good value, um, especially because I have them going over their win total uh, and they performed really well in the playoffs last year. And going to the Clippers, I, you know, there's all this talk, that came out over the offseason, you know, there was, it was a pretty turbulent offseason for them, but the main kind of theme from that was they just felt like they didn't have enough time together and granted playoff P and pandemic P, you know, you, you don't really know what to expect, but I, I think Kawhi is going to have a better year, especially in the playoffs. Um, they lost Montrez Harrell, but he was basically unplayable when he got down against uh, the Nuggets and, you know, he got worked when they played the Lakers. So I don't think it's that big of a loss. It brought in. He was an offensive, you know, weapon for them. He was an energy guy and that's good to have, but when you're in playoff games and you're down, you got to score points, you know, you you need a guy who can put buckets and put balls in the bucket. So. Yeah. So I, I like the Clippers at plus 300. Um, I, I think the Lakers, you know, I think they probably had one of the best off seasons, for any NBA team, but I, I I don't see any value in taking them at plus 150. Um, and then if you go to go to the finals, you got the Mavs at plus 2,000, Clippers at plus 500, um, and then the Warriors at plus 1,500. I I don't know. I I I'll, I usually wait till yeah. you know seasons kind of once we've seen 
you know, a, a decent amount of games and kind of have a feel for the league. I think it's tough to, to look at conference and finals odds this, this early on, uh, unless you're getting like a super high value team, like the Mavs um, or the Blazers. But um, I mean, something to be said though for that is the way, because it's this season so much shorter, um, we're already so much closer to the finals where, you know, there's way less games to, ha- to be had. So it's, those odds are going to change a lot and a lot faster. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, I, I'll probably take the the Mavs on the Western Conference along with the Clippers, but I, I'm going to wait to put some heavier units down and uh, until we're a little bit further into the season. Yeah, um, I agree. And then uh, just a little talk on MVP and Rookie of the Year. Um, basically, I don't know. I, I – the MVP and Rookie of the Year have become such popularity contests in the NBA. Um, I think it's going to be tough. Giannis is the betting favorite at plus 350 to repeat as the MVP. I don't know. I, I think there's some a little bit of fatigue in, in, in there with, with voters because Giannis can't shoot the ball, and you've seen his playoff performances. And I think it's difficult when you release the MVP award late into the postseason when the MVP is not playing out of the playoffs. Yeah. He's been eliminated. So I, I, I think that might play into Giannis a little bit. Um, I like Luca, I, you know, for all the reasons that we talked about with them being a young team, the regular season mattering more, it's a regular season award. I like Luca at plus 450, like Steph at plus 600, just because if Steph can stay healthy and they win, more than 37 games or whatever it is. Um, it's going to have a ton more touches without clay there. And I, I think that's good value at six to one. Um, but the one that I really liked was Katie at plus 1400. Look, I, I think the book builds in um, not knowing like how he's going to be coming back from this injury. But if they're one of the top two teams in the East, the Nets and KD is, you know, at least 90%, 80% of what he was when he was on the Warriors before he injured his Achilles. I think plus 1400 is super high. I think that's great value to take. Yeah, I'm right with you on pretty much all of those. Uh, my book is a little different. My book is the favorite is at Luca plus 400 and Giannis plus 450. Um, but yeah, I, and then I have Steph at plus 750. I think Steph is a pick, not because I think he's the best player in the league right now, um, because I think that, and that's the thing, MVP is, is, yeah, it's the best player, but it's also situational uh, awareness. So that's like, like a Russell Westbrook, he won his MVP. He was the only guy on that team. That's where he got all the, all the points. And once they put him on the, on the Rockets with Harden, you know, he wasn't in the, even in the conversation. Um, so I think with Steph taking a Clay Thompson out of your roster and now with the offense just flows fully through Steph, there's a lot of chance there to have his numbers be jacked up, especially on points. Uh, three and, I, and I think they're going to score a ton of points with Ubre and Wiseman. There's yeah. great buzz coming out um, about Wiseman, and they've got a bunch of shooters. I, I Yeah, I think, Steph, you know, yeah. Warriors are going to be really potent on offense. They're not going to be great defensively, but um, mm-hmm. it's not a defensive award. It's it's yeah. It's an, it's an off yet. No, it's, that's why the, the defensive player of the year never wins or rarely wins. I don't know. Did Giannis double up on that? I don't remember. Um Anyway, and then I like also I had the same exact thing written down. KD fourteen, I have plus fourteen hundred. Um, look, it's Kevin Durant. Um, and I think if, if anyone it's that's gonna be if anyone's gonna be motivated to you know prove. I mean, Kevin Durant's kind of guy who who just loves proving people wrong, kind of just 
loves like you know it doesn't, it actually doesn't care about what people say a lot of times that has his burner twitter account and is always kind of petty i think he's the kind of guy who's gonna come back pissed off about the disrespect he's been getting while he was hurt um in ball um and i don't think carrie is a kind of a kind of player who's you know carrie's a good player and he scores but he's not scoring a whole lot he's not scoring like in dominating a ball like a russell westbrook wants to score he's yeah, he drives, but he also dishes a lot and takes a pressure off of KD and lets KD do his thing. So I think that's kind of a good duo for KD to have some crazy numbers. And like you said, look, if they can, you know, win 40 games or more and be a top three or four seed in the East, at least, um, and KD's putting up numbers, like I think he's going to, that's that's a shoot in, in my opinion, for MVP. If if not, I mean, yeah. come back later the year at least. But I mean. Yeah, and, and, and. MVP is so much about the storyline as well. And like KD coming off an Achilles in New York, bringing the Nets back to like a contender. Um, I, I I think kind of if he can, if he can dominate like he has and you know be one of the most prolific offensive players like we've seen. Yeah, he's um, gonna score. I, I I think he's kind of a shoe in. I think fourteen hundreds great value. All right, Shep. Well, that pretty much wraps up what we got. Uh, going forward for the NBA, uh, a little over under win totals, conference and finals odds, and then some MVP futures as well. Uh, kind of like where we're at with this. Super stoked for the NBA to start. You know, we're only a week away. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. We will be back on Friday talking a little week 15 preview. Saturday and Sunday games, plus a little college action uh, with the MAC championship Friday starting. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Give us a call on.